0: so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to BrentwoodChurch.org. During this episode, Pastor John shares a great message that we pray will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. Right, Killing Money Myths. Guys, I'm excited about this series, but I know what some of you are asking. Why would we be doing a series on money myths and money management at a time in our country like this, uh, where, as Tyler mentioned earlier, we've got these storms uh, doing so much damage uh, on our coastlines. We've got violence in our streets. Uh, we have all the social issues and the social unrest that we see on the news, uh, global tension with the saber-rattling, even at the nuclear level. It's like, really, are we going to talk about money management uh, at a time like this? And I get that. I get that question. And I think once we dive into what we're going to talk about today and throughout this series, you'll go, okay, it makes total sense to me. But I also understand that when we talk about money and money management and even giving in church... Uh, There's another group of people who immediately feel that angst or that tension, like this is a little bit off-putting, this is a little bit insensitive, Uh, maybe you left the church uh, seasons ago because you felt like it was always about money, or uh, maybe you uh, haven't been to church uh, for many years or at all because you you have this perception that it's all about money and so on and so forth, and here's what I want to say, I totally get that. If you are here today, though, and you believe and follow Jesus, there's just something that we cannot ignore. And we have to, uh, from time to time, in fact, regularly, constantly lean into these things, uh, learn and relearn new truths when it comes to this. And here's why. Here's why. Because we cannot wholeheartedly follow Jesus Christ and manage money poorly. I want to say it again. We cannot or can't wholeheartedly follow Jesus Christ. We can half-heartedly, okay, we we can do that. Uh, We know that Jesus died on a cross for our sins, that it is by faith that we are saved and not by works or anything that we have done. I'm talking to people who believe and follow Jesus and you know what I'm talking about. We can half-heartedly follow Jesus, but we miss out on the promises that Jesus teaches us and proclaims to us when we do it wholeheartedly. And he's constantly talking about, I want your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. So if you believe and follow Jesus, we just have to know this. We can't wholeheartedly follow Jesus Christ and manage money poorly because he talks about it over and over and over again in the Gospels. He teaches how to make it, how to spend it, how to give it, why we should all of these things Jesus talks about over and over and over again. He talks about money. And he says, look, you cannot separate this into this category over here where you follow me in all of these other areas, but you keep this one area to yourself. Money is always attached to us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. In fact, We see that some of the greatest crisis and tension in relationships, specifically even marriages, comes back to money management or money management poorly. We talk about occupation and people who are not at rest in their careers and they really think it's an income issue when it's really a money management issue. We talk about things in our culture, in our society. Uh, I could keep going. We talk about just our our own peace spiritually, and we never go, hey, maybe there's something going on with the way that we view or the attitude that we have towards money and the actions that are coming out of our life because of it. So if you believe and follow Jesus, we got to just know today that we can't wholeheartedly follow after Jesus Christ and manage money poorly. So this series is all about saying, okay, what are those myths? What are those cliches? What are those things that we buy into from time to time, even sometimes in the church that just aren't true, but we believe them and they take us down this track that's really unhealthy and really creates a lot of dysfunction in our life, relationally, occupationally, and so on, even missionally. Today, we're gonna start with money myth number one, and that is this, money management is easy, right? It's totally easy. It's just addition and subtraction, John. Let's not overcomplicate this. Why don't we even need to have a series about this? I mean, come on, it's as easy as money in, money out. You add and you subtract. What's the big deal? This is easy. Why are we even talking about this? Now, I'll tell you my personal experience. I used to think that this myth was true as well. Uh, in my house growing up, more was caught than taught. My parents never sat down and showed me Dave Ramsey videos. Okay? My parents never sat down with me and said, here's the biblical principles of, of earning money, uh, saving money, giving money, and all that stuff in between. They never talked to me about that. Uh, I learned money management two ways. Number one, monopoly. You know what I'm talking about, boardwalk, park place, you got to get those, you got to trade, you got to borrow, yeah, I mean, all those things, okay, Monopoly, and then watching my mom, who was the bookkeeper in my home, uh, once a week at least, she would be at our kitchen table, she'd have all these envelopes laid out, she'd have her checkbook and check ledger, this was the 80s, okay, we didn't have personal computers back then, uh, and she had her Texas instrument calculator, It's before iPhones, okay, so uh, you can, you can kind of feel. We actually had phones that were attached to the wall back then too. It was crazy. Crazy times. Crazy times. DeLoreans would take you back in time though. It was really cool. But anyway, my mom would sit there at the kitchen table and she would have all these envelopes. She'd have her checkbook and she would have her hand like this most of the time. She'd be kind of with her forehead like this and then, and then she'd write something out. And, and that's what I kind of knew about managed money or money management. I caught it from her. And I realized. It was easy. Mom, it's just simple. You know, It's addition and subtraction. And then what happened? I actually got a job. I got a job very young in my life. And I started earning income. And I realized as I got older and made money and spent money that there was something actually mental, emotional, and spiritual going on. That it wasn't just addition and subtraction. It wasn't just multiplication and division. That there was something going on spiritually in that moment. Money management is not easy. We're going to talk about why it's not easy, why it's hard, how the Bible talks about why it's hard, but how the Bible also says, here's how it can become simple, it can become peaceful, and it can become fulfilling. Yes, I just said that in church. Money management can actually be fun. You don't believe me, do you? That's all right. Matthew chapter 6. Go there in your Bible or your Brentwood app. You can follow along in the notes. Let me set this up. Jesus, at the very beginning of his teaching ministry, had this manifesto teaching in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's basically where he lays out his whole whole vision for the kingdom of God come from heaven to earth. And then he spends the rest of his ministry sort of unpacking it and pointing back to it right in the heart of... ...of this sermon, he talks about managing money. Remember, you can't wholeheartedly follow Jesus Christ and manage money poorly. Why? Because he's always talking about it. Why is he always talking about it? Because it's attached to our hearts. And that's what he is going to talk to these fishermen, these carpenters, these farmers, these lawyers... ...these religious leaders who came by the thousands to hear him teach about the kingdom of God... And so he starts by talking about money. Look what he says. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Okay, so it's just as important to know what Jesus is not saying here as what he is saying. He is not saying, go quit your job. He's not saying, don't earn an income. He's not saying, don't save for the future. He's not saying that at all. What is he saying? Well, we keep Going And, we, keep, and we, we start to understand, store treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Okay, again, what is he not saying here? He's not saying, oh, yeah, I meant to say you should go get a job. And when you get an income, throw it all up in the air and it'll, it'll all go up into heaven, into the clouds, into a treasure chest. That's what you should do instead. That is not what he's saying. He is getting us, he's framing for us something that is very crucial that kills the myth that money management is easy. And it's right here. Look what he says. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. What did he just say? He said money management is what? It isn't about our money. It's about our hearts. It's about our hearts, and that's why it's hard, right? Because this isn't about addition and subtraction. This is about what's going on in my heart. Every time that I receive resources or income, I have to make a decision. Will my heart attach pride and fear to this, and will I manage the money out of those things that are very natural to me? Pride. What is pride? I deserve this. Mm -hmm. I want that. You know what I'm talking about. And therefore, I should get it. Pride is, look at me. I'm going to spend money that I don't have on things I don't need to impress people I really don't like. Pride. Ooh, Don't we do that? Pride. Am I going to attach the pride of my heart to this? and act like I am entitled to this, that it was my talent, that it was my stick that it was my education, that it was my willpower that got this money. And totally, as a believer and follower of Jesus, say, thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Oh, even thank you for your church. Sometimes it's a little crazy, but I love it. But this thing over here... I'm just going to say, that's mine, and I did it myself. That's pride. Fear says, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Oh, I need to put it over here and protect it, protect it. Nobody's going to get it. Nobody's going to get it. All oh, they're talking about it in church. What are you doing? What are you talking about money for? Don't take my precious from me. Because <laughs> what if? What if a hurricane? What if? what if? What if? What if? What if? Right? Pride and fear. And so what, what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, look, you're really, when you get resources and income, it immediately becomes a decision as to how your heart is going to handle it. Is it going to be pride, fear, and I'll even add laziness, or is it going to be heaven? Am I going to allow my heart to be guided by heaven in everything that I earn and spend and save? And give is filtered through a heart guided by heaven, not by pride and fear. Uh Uh-oh, it's about to get real. Money management isn't about our money, it's about our heart. And that's why it's hard. Because the heart, Jesus says, can be more complicated and self-deceiving than we think. Look what he says next. He goes, your eye is like a lamp. So he says, think about your eye right now like your heart And what comes into your eye, what you see, what you experience, is going to light some things up. It's like a a lamp that provides light to your body. And he's not just talking about your physical body. He's talking about your attitude. He's talking about the fullness of who you are. When your eye is healthy, when it is guided by heaven, when you are calling down God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven... When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. Your attitude towards money is filled with light. Your attitude towards the resources that you have gained and been given bring light to the world. Even when you go to Kroger, right? Even when you're buying groceries, even when you're, whatever you're doing, you're filling your tank up. It's like, you can have a praise session right there at the Exxon, you should. You should just get your guitar out of the trunk and just be like, Jesus, this is awesome. Thank you. Some of you think I'm joking. Can you imagine that? Like, dad brings all the kids. He's like, Daddy just got paid today. Let's start singing, kids. Somebody be like, What happened to daddy? What happened to daddy is his heart is now being guided by heaven, not just in all of these other issues and circumstances. And, and, and these character traits in his life, but even with how he sees his income and where it came from. Like, man, that is some good stuff right there. And what he's saying is that's going to bring light, light to everywhere you go. But he, then he contrasted, he says, but when your eye is unhealthy, when it's unhealthy, when it is not kingdom filtered, when it is not looking towards heaven, when it is not guided by God's spirit and his word and his wisdom and his way, your whole body is filled with darkness. And this is, this is, he keeps going. He says, and if the light you think, you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is, what did he just say? He says, we can actually be self-deceived in this. We can actually be gaining an income, managing money, spending it maybe even saving it and giving it and we be totally self-deceived about where our hearts and our motives is in it he's like look you got to know this is a big deal you cannot wholeheartedly follow jesus christ and manage money poorly it's all connected And what is it connected to? The state of your heart. What are you letting in to your eyes or to your whole attitude about how and who that money is from and where it is for? Look what he says God cares more about our hearts than our actions. Isn't that true? Like I can even come to church and I can give to the church and I can give to people in need and my heart be filled with pride and fear and it, and it, and it totally be off. And that again is why money management isn't easy. It's, it's hard because we're constantly having to wake up and go, okay, I've got to relearn and recommit to really the most practical and tangible form of worship in my life is how I earn income and how I spend it. It is a thermometer to my soul. If you want to know what your true priorities are spiritually and emotionally and mentally, go look at where you're spending money. And, and, and this is the thing. and We see this over and over and over again throughout the Bible. Even in the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah comes to the people of Israel and says, you guys are hauling these bulls and these lambs and all these sacrifices up to the altar and you're doing it ho-hum and you're doing it with this attitude of, all right, let's just do this, just let's get this over with. And this is what he says. He says, says, and so the Lord says, these people say they are mine, they honor me with their lips but their hearts, their hearts are far from me. Like, Like he could have said that, you know, 3,000 years later in a church just like this. Hey, they come to church and they kind of sing the songs and they kind of listen to the sermons and they kind of serve and they kind of even give, but their heart is not being filtered through heaven in the priorities of heaven. Their hearts are far from me and their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. Like, okay, okay. I'll give to the poor and I'll give to the church, but how much can I get away with? Like that, that's not even a, hey God, wow, thank you. Like I'm not even, I don't even deserve this. And you gave me a job and you gave me opportunity to have an education and you gave me opportunity uh, to, to walk into these things. And uh, you know, it's not always perfect at work, but thank you for a job. And wow, thank you for this income what do you want me to do with it? What, what do you want me to do? You want me, you, want me to keep, you want me to stay in this house? You want me to, you want me to keep uh, funding it towards that? You want me to keep doing that? Because you know what? At the end of the day, I don't even deserve this. I'm not entitled to it. I'm just grateful for it. Thank you, God. My heart is towards your priorities and not my priorities. And I have peace and I have fulfillment because I understand where it's all coming from. In fact, look what he says next in Matthew 6. We go back there. He says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Isn't that interesting that he would say money? He didn't say enslaved to any other vice, any other idol that we can attach ourselves to. He's like, I'm going to go for the big one. Yeah, he says, you can't be enslaved to money and also worship God. You can't serve two masters. I did, uh, I officiated a wedding this weekend. Beautiful wedding, beautiful vineyard, a beautiful couple. It was, it was just beautiful. And I'm up there and, and the uh, the groom is right here and the bride's coming down. It's a beautiful moment. You know, here comes the bride, the whole thing. Uh, she and her dad are standing right there and I'm getting ready to uh, give the charge and and I say, who gives this woman to be married to this man? Her mother and I. Now, this didn't happen, but can you imagine if it did? Just, just go there with me for a second. Can you imagine in that moment as dad is giving her hand to her now husband and saying, look, you lead, protect, and provide for her now. I want, you, know, you, you do that because I am passing on this authority and responsibility to you. What if in that moment... This dude stood up in the third row and says, wait a minute, and he comes up, and he sort of gets in the midst of this, and we find out that it's Joe, her boyfriend from college, and the bride and her, and him have been snapping. They've been, you know, Snapchatting, whatever they call it, whatever the kids are doing now, whatever that is, okay? Right? They're snapping, and they agree that they need to reconnect, and Yeah, she's getting married and all that, but one day a week, she's just going to hang out with him. Now, groom, husband, he's going to hang out with her uh, the other six days a week. Like, what would you do in that moment? First of all, you'd have your phone out going, this is going viral. You know you would. And then you'd feel guilty about it, but you'd still post it. That would be the most bizarre thing possible. That'd be like, oh my goodness, what just happened? And we realize that, wait a minute, what Jesus is talking about is coming to pass right there in that hypothetical situation. Her heart would be duplicitous. She cannot have two husbands any more than a man can have two wives and it be successful. Have you read Genesis? (laughs) Like, man, there was all kind of family dysfunction. Because these men, it's like, he's having kids with her, and he's having kids with her, and these kids don't like these kids, and that wife's jealous of that wife. It's like, come on, man, just one. Just give it all to her, right? But that's what we're talking about here, is that if you wake up and go, okay, God, you got all of this. I believe and I follow after Jesus, but this over here, I just, because it's so practical and because it's so daily, in fact, it's so minute by minute, I just am going to keep this for myself because I want that. I need that. Okay? I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, so I can make those accents. Back off. NASCAR, okay? Those are my people. So what I'm saying here is this. Pride and fear, pride and fear are so clear to all of us, except sometimes it can be self-deceiving. And what Jesus is saying is like, look, you can get in a place in your life where you think your eye is healthy, but it's really bringing darkness to you. You're buying into the myths of the world. Wow. And this happened to me this past summer. We, uh, we reconciled our accounts and both from our business and our personal accounts, and we're getting it all in line, and we're prioritizing things, and we're like, man, wow, we've never given more than we've given before. And, and I don't say that to say, look at me. I just say, you should expect that of me. If I'm telling you to do that, you should be doing that, okay? I should be doing that, right? I mean, hey, look, let's be generous. But I'm looking over here, and I'm looking at, like, man, I've never spent like this before either. Like, what the heck? We got three of those? You ever do that? You ever just get, get it out and go, man, I can't believe that, like, yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I think we should do that. I think we should go, am I self-deceived here? Am, am I thinking I'm really walking and, and my heart is, is towards heaven and how I spend and how I save and how I give? But in reality, I'm just playing a game. Mm, mm, money myth, right? Managing money is easy. No, it's not easy. Why? Money management... It's hard because our hearts are at war with God over who owns our resources. That's it. Every day we have a battle with our pride and our fear and our desire for comfort over making decisions, filtering it through a heart that is guided by heaven. God, what do you want? This is all yours. You own it all. Why would I be so arrogant to think that I could manage it better than you on my cravings that change every day depending on what ad comes up on my feed? Wow. I mean, have you been to Target? I want that. Right? Have you been to, I mean, mean, you you walk through, I mean, Amazon. Oh, my goodness. That's like crack cocaine. Is this a therapy session for me right now? I don't know, because I just think that we live in a world right now that's saying, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this. And the whole time, uh, God is saying, hey, that is a master trying to chain you up, trying to give you fulfillment that only I can give you, trying to give you peace that only I can give you. And all it's going to give you in the end is a lack of peace and a lack of fulfillment, because you can't serve two masters. And so I want everything from you. I want your whole heart. Yes, even the way your heart and your attitude views and spends money. Whew. Man, money management is heart management. And heart management is hard. It's hard. In fact, the Apostle Paul says you wake up every day in a battle. Yes. A battle. And, and I man. So often, you know, I win the battle, but sometimes I lose the battle. And I think you might be where I am sometimes. Some, day, some days you're just like, you know what, that was totally about me. That whole thing, that, that, the way I spent that, the way I saved that, the way I gave that, it was all about me. But, but here's the thing, and here's the good news, and, and this is what I love. This is why I believe and follow Jesus because God has given us not only salvation, he's given us transformation. And we are, we are told that, and that is articulated for us over and over and over again daily by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us fresh starts and changed hearts. And what do I mean by that? The Holy Spirit gives us fresh starts. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God that is pointing us to Christ. We just sang about it this morning the Trinity, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He, he, and Jesus is saying, hey, hey, Heavenly Father. Heavenly, Heavenly Father is saying, Holy Spirit, you, you get it, right? You get it. And then the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, I want to remind you that you've been off track on this. But Jesus died on a cross for your sins, past, present, and future. That's why you follow me. That's why you follow after Jesus. He died on a cross for your sins. You don't have to carry around blame and shame. You don't have to carry around guilt. And you know what? You should never walk out of church going, I'm a total loser. Because the message of the gospel is fresh start, just start over. Just reclaim the forgiveness that that Jesus bought for you, that he purchased for you with his own life. He took on death. He took on sin. He took on evil. He took on all of that for you and for me to say, today is a new day. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. And the Holy Spirit is saying, look, I'm giving you a fresh start if you have been saying, hey, this, I want to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, but I don't want to relinquish control and ownership of my resources to a heart of heaven. He's like, look, you can do that today. You can just, you could just fresh start. And then not only that, but he changes our hearts. Remember the eye is, is the lamp and the Holy Spirit is all about saying, hey, I'm going to rearrange some things in your heart. I'm going to rearrange some priorities. I'm going to point you back to some truths that you used to live out in the attitude and the actions of your life. I'm going to I'm going to point you back. I'm going to have you go to church today. You're going to sit there and you're going to go, "Oh, yeah. I did need to hear that again. I do need to go home and and lead my family financially. Where I haven't in the past, I've just sort of taken that for granted. I've hoped that they would play Monopoly with their friends. I hope that the UPS man would just show up with some Amazon packages. Hey, just checking on everybody. Is everybody doing well in their financial wholeness? Okay, husband and wife, why don't you guys have a seat right now? Because I'm going to lead your family financially. Are you smoking crack? Do we really think that? Man, come on. Do we really expect the UPS man to lead our families financially? No. And if you've been thinking that, let me help you. Let me sign the package for you. And this is what it says. You're crazy. You have the responsibility today to go home and say, we need a fresh start. We need a fresh start. We need we need to look at this. We need to look at reality and truth and just really see who we think owns this and how it should be managed because you can't follow Jesus wholeheartedly and manage your money poorly. You just can't. There's, you're half-hearted. And so maybe some of you today you just to go home and have a fresh start. Have a revival at the kitchen table. Bring the calculator with you. That's your keyboard. And, and just go, you know what? We need, we need to change our hearts. And, that, and that's what the Holy Spirit's there to do. Is he's, here to, he's here to point things out and just say, hey, man, you've just been really selfish in this area. Hey, you've been really prideful in this area. Hey, you've been really uh, fearful, and you've been hoarding these things. And you've been, you've been acting on your own. But you can have a fresh start today. And you can have a changed heart today. And, and that's really why we started today with this myth. Because money management isn't easy. Because it's not addition and subtraction. It's turning over our hearts, soul, minds, and strength back to the Lord. And saying, this has always been yours. And I've let pride and I've let fear and I've let some laziness take over my life. But I need a fresh start and I need a changed heart. And let's go, let's go do this. And I think there's never a time in human history where we should get this. Because I'm gonna tell you, one of the biggest crises in the home right now, the reason that divorces are happening everywhere is financial problems, financial stress, a lack of leadership, a lack of discipline, a lack of hearts that are towards heaven that are being led by fear and pride. And where does that ultimately do? It doesn't bring peace and it doesn't bring fulfillment. And a husband and wife are looking at each other like, Man, this is very disappointing, and I'm blaming it on you. And then their pride and fear takes over. And then guess who takes over from there? The lawyers do. Right? So if you're wondering why we're doing this, I think that that the family is the cornerstone of a society. And I think a marriage is the cornerstone of a family. And when you start to get the hearts of a husband and wife and and leadership, and partnering together in the things of the Lord, that family starts to get strong, and the kids start to get guidance, and they start to get strong. And guess what happens to communities, and guess what happens to cultures, and guess what happens to the world? More of heaven comes to earth. Can you imagine, can you imagine a community where a bunch of people who believe and follow Jesus are so wise and so generous with their finances? What would that do to poverty in that community? What would that do to the people who are struggling in that community? What would that do, again, to the homes in that community? I believe it would change everything. Look what, look what the writer of Hebrews says. I love this. He says, don't love money. Don't love, don't worship it. it, it it's, a, it's a practical part of your life and mine, but don't love it. Don't, don't be obsessed with either the lack of it or wanting more of it. Look what he says, but be satisfied. With what you have. Isn't that what fulfillment is? It is living out your po- greatest potential with the capacity that you have at that time. That you're not doing less or more than what you have been skilled and capable of doing. And then you grow that, and then you grow that. But in the present moment, you are satisfied with that. For God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. Like you don't have to look to money to give you the kind of help and security and the presence that I will give you. you. You don't have to let money do that. And listen, church, we can do that. We can give God so many things. We can raise our hands and worship and we can and yet lose on this issue. So we can say with confidence, not with insecurity, but with confidence. The Lord is my helper. So I will not have fear. So I will have no fear. Money is not my helper. Money is not my sustainer. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my sustainer. The Lord is my salvation. And I'm going to start every transaction, both earning income and spending income, with that heart with a heart that is constantly reminded of who is my sustainer, who is my savior, who is my provider, what can mere people do to me? Like, what can people give me? They can't give me anything that the Lord gives me in exponential divine capacities. And so that brings us to something at the beginning of the series. It's like, man, let's just, let's just get, man, this, this is one of those moments where it just hurts so good. It's like, oh, this hurts, but it's, 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 it's changing my heart all over again. And that is this, give God control of your money instead of giving pride and fear control. Give God control instead of pride and fear. I mean, you can do that today. You can just say, you know what? I, I, I don't wanna be self-deceived. You know, Jesus talked about that. If I'm self-deceived, that's even darker than being naive. And so today, I am going to admit that I have let pride and fear uh, be my guide for my heart when it comes to to money. And today, I am going to turn from that, and I'm going to turn back to the Lord. I'm going to say, Father, you own this, and you grant this, and you give this, and you show me, and you tell me how you want me to earn it where you want me to earn it, how you want me to spend it, how you want me to save it, how you want me to give it. And I'll be obedient to that. And you do that every single day. Every single day. Give God control. Give him control. God, you are greater than my cravings. You are greater than my wants. You are greater than even the marketing of man. And watch what happens and see what happens in your family. See what happens in your home. The other thing is this. I think some of you need to go a step further and even more practical, and that is today you can sign up for Financial Peace University. We have a class starting uh, soon, and you can sign up for on our website in the, in the link that you uh, see there on the screen. Or you can go to the Brentwood app, and you can go to sign up and click it, and you can sign up for that today. I think this is an incredible resource uh, that we offer as a church that is well-led and well-resourced so that you can go to those even more practical steps. But remember, remember, it's not tips, tricks, and technology, ultimately. It's a changed heart, and it's a fresh start. And I think that's where some of you need to be today. But I think some of you today need to take that first step, and that is turning your whole heart over to Jesus Christ. And I'm gonna ask you right now, everybody, just to bow your heads and close your eyes. I think there's somebody here today maybe a couple of you here today who need to take that ultimate step and just say, I need to surrender my faith and my life and my heart over to God. And I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. You can declare this in your own words, in your own heart right now. But you say this, Heavenly Father, today, I give you my whole heart. I give you my faith today. I believe that you not only exist, but that you personally made me and you love me. Today, I am trusting your salvation through Jesus Christ, your one and only son, to forgive me of sin, past, present, and future. I am trusting Jesus and Jesus alone, not my works, not my willpower, not my morality, not my integrity, but your son, Jesus Christ on a cross today for my salvation. I proclaim that to you and I thank you for it. And I invite your forgiveness to wash away all my sins, all that I've done to hurt you all that I've done to hurt myself and other people, you today have taken that to the foot of Jesus Christ. And today I am grateful. Right now, I pray, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit will enter my heart and change my heart and change my mind and change my attitude. And that I would walk out of here with the power of your Holy Spirit to guide me and to show me what you're doing and how to follow after Jesus Christ from this moment on in the trials and in the triumphs, in the struggles and in the victories that I would walk out of here today with your Holy Spirit in me. And I thank you for that. Thanks so much for listening today. We believe that everyone has a next step towards Jesus and we'd love to help you take yours. Email us at hello at or visit our website, BrentwoodChurch.org slash next steps. Until next time, go change the world.